Hey everyone, welcome to the Corduroy Connect, your one-stop shop for all Indiana FFA and agricultural news. We're excited to bring you stories from industry leaders, FFA members, and everything in between. This month's host is myself, Lauren Matlock, serving as the state's Southern Region Vice President, alongside my co-host, Blaine Vanderveer, your state Northern Region Vice President. During our year of service as Indiana FFA State Officers, we hope to share with you the stories of the amazing individuals that are leading and shaping our industry. Join us today at Corduroy Connect to get a glimpse into what we have to offer. Well, today, guys, we have some very special guests from Indian Creek High School, and they're here to talk about the programs that they have at their FFA chapters that are benefiting not just only their school, but also their community. So why don't you guys go ahead and uh, tell us a little about yourselves and, and who you are. My name is Delaney Hemminger. I'm currently serving as the Indian Creek FFA president. I'm a senior. My sophomore year, I was presented the idea by Mr. Dunn and the school board that we were going to have a Creek Cattle Company, which is going to be a farm to table operation where the cows are going to be imported and used within the school cafeteria. And my sophomore year, I went out and got different sponsorships from businesses. And now my senior year, we actually have animals on the ground as well as our barn built. And it's just been a really great opportunity to see this whole thing come to fruition. Hi, I'm Cole Allison. I'm this year's treasurer and I'm going to be our uh, next year Indian Creek's FFA president. Um, so I'm a junior and this year, this year actually like, I can give you a standpoint of being like one of the first kids to actually get involved in this as like a, when it started, I guess, because like how Delaney, she was there from the start, like most of the kids obviously weren't and I was one of those kids. Um, so basically like it's given me the opportunity to go out there and feed uh, and take care of the animals from my class it, and not only for my grade, I mean, it's just a great experience all in general. I mean, cows are really friendly, great animals and it's all in all just a pretty great thing to do. I'm Mrs. Bradley. I am one of the FFA advisors and agriculture teachers here at Indian Creek High School. Um, I This is my first year as a teacher and FFA advisor, um, and I went to Indian Creek, but this was not in the works when I was here, so it's really exciting to um, see how the program has evolved and changed um, since I graduated. And I'm Mr. Dunn. I'm the other ag teacher here. This is my eighth year at Indian Creek. Um, and, and like Delaney said, we, uh, this was brought to us as a possibility. Uh, three years ago, the school said, hey, we're purchasing some ground for some building projects. One of the things we have in mind is a farm to school or farm to table operation where the kids are going to uh, take care of these beef animals all the way up to when they are ready to uh, be processed. And then we will process and sell the beef to the school itself to use in the cafeterias for meals. So the kids get the full circle uh, beef operation. Thank you guys for introducing yourselves. We're absolutely honored to have you guys join us here today, um, even though it's not ideal with the virtual space. But since you've already covered kind of what the program is with the Indian Creek Cattle Company, as well as how the idea came about, uh, what exactly has been the impact that you've seen with your program on the school and the community surrounding you? One impact that I've seen being in the advanced life science animal science class is being able to go out with other 
students who aren't necessarily in FFA or have ever had an agriculture background and going out to the barn and being able to be up close and personal with these animals. You know, one of the kids I was with had never been up close to a cow before in his life and being able to be there with him and experience with that, have that experience with him is something really fortunate, I feel like. And being able to have other kids come through that program and have the same opportunity has had a great impact on myself and it'll have a great impact in our school system. One impact I've seen is really through the community. So um, a lot of our community members are curious as well as very supportive. So um, just being, um, you know, upfront and telling them about our program is really exciting for a lot of students and, um, it's just fun to, to talk about it and to um, get the community involved. So we know that the kids who are involved with it are, are, you know, they're obviously having an impact, you know, getting to get Maybe it's seeing cattle for the first time, being up close to them. And, and you had mentioned how the community's uh, having its impact. But what about those kids in your school who aren't directly involved with, with, the, uh, with the Creek Cattle Company? How are they being impacted by this? Or, or what do you see uh, your ag program uh, gaining from this because of those kids? Well, first and foremost, I think it has some kids asking questions in the school. Well, who gets to go out and, you know, pet the cows during class? Or uh, who, who gets to go outside and do work instead of be in the classroom all the time? And so we're going to have a few kids that have never thought or dreamt of taking an ag course say, hmm, maybe that's something we should try. And so they might just grab an animal science class um, or, or the ag power class, which traditionally, if you look at, uh, at least at Indian Creek, the animal science class has a lot of kids who aren't taking other courses. They just like animals anyway and want to learn about them. But I think it's going to give those uh, students opportunities to do something uh, unique and different that they never expected. Um, on the younger grade levels, I hear, uh, have conversations with uh, parents all the time that their kids come home and say they got to see the cows running around in the pasture while they were out running around at recess, or when their bus drove by, they got to see them uh, being fed or, or whatever it might be. So just having that conversation with the younger generations, the younger grade levels, it is going to keep the, the intrigue and the, uh, the uniqueness of this project going all along. That's really great to hear about the impact that uh, maybe not on just students who are normally taking your ag class but outside of that as well that they're having that interest in uh, taking those opportunities that are presented through your ag classes afterwards um, after hearing about the program uh, to really learn more about agriculture but as you've known with as teachers and students that this year has been kind of tough with COVID in terms of being able to attend school, having limitations as well as virtual learning. So on your program specifically, what has COVID-19 impacted? Well, obviously COVID-19 uh, slowed and delayed some things like uh, our, our fundraising that we were uh, gearing up for somewhere around March 13th of last year. Uh, we were going to go out and do some, start doing some, uh, more presentations that obviously got shut down. Um, the construction of the, the barn was slowed and delayed just because uh, finding material was very, very difficult uh, this summer. Um, but once we got that up and everything, really students had got the opportunity to choose to be 100% virtual for the year. We're currently in a hybrid setting. Um, and 
the day-to-day operations really haven't been impacted by that. We even have kids who have decided to be 100% virtual that are still signing up to feed um, and, and coming in and feeding in the mornings or in the evenings um, because, because they're so interested and excited. So they're still getting that hands-on opportunity, uh, whether they're virtual or not. Yeah, that's really awesome to hear. Um, I think it's really cool. If you step back and look at it with our year, uh, how crazy the year 2020 was and how things just came to a screeching halt for a lot of us, production ag couldn't stop. And it's really neat to see that you have kids who are realizing that or already understand that and are pitching in to help out and make sure that, you know, your programs continue to move forward and that those animals are being taken care of. The next question I want to ask you, because I know that your program is fairly new, and so there's not, you know, years of history behind it, but what does the future look like for you guys? What are you guys projecting that your uh, program looks like here in the next five to ten years? So from, all, from the very beginning, we had a goal of being able to harvest five animals a year and use that meat in the, um, in, in the school. And that is still a goal that we feel is attainable. Um, we were looking five to seven years down the road. Um, like I said, the school has a lot of building projects and they're deciding what to do with the space. But, you know, we have a long-term goal of adding some more um, acreage uh, to pasture and giving us an opportunity to incorporate a breeding program um, where the kids can literally see from, from start to finish in, in a beef operation. But really the goal of being able to harvest five animals a year, um, for those that wouldn't know, that doesn't get anywhere near the amount of beef that a school uses on a yearly basis. But it would be a, a great opportunity to, for the kids to be able to see the operation at all times and for the school to be able to experience um, everything. So let me ask you then, right now, uh, what's production look like? How many, how many cattle do you have on the grounds? Um, and, you know, how are you guys going about increasing that number and maintaining that number? As of right now, we have three head on the ground. Um, we have a cow that does have a calf. Um, we're looking forward to her calving. As of right now, um, she's looking to calve in April, but we're not quite sure if we're going to continue um, having a cow that with a calf or not. Um, we're planning to finish out the other two, but we still have to decide um, how the whole thing is going to look. Gotcha. That seems pretty neat in itself that you guys have taken this program from only being three years now, but this question is directed towards Delaney and Cole. As students, what are some of the new initiatives or new ideas that you guys are bringing to the project to help it go further along and potentially reach that next step? So, like, for me, <clears throat> Being next year's president, I originally uh, took a work-based learning class. Well, uh, then I got my president position. I could no longer be in that work-based learning class. Um, so it has created an opportunity to me to do work-based learning through Creek Cattle Co. And uh, it'll give me uh, two classes of learning management of our cattle and taking care of them every day. And, I mean, it's just created a good opportunity for me, especially in my uh, senior schedule, and I am very grateful for that. Being a senior, I really – being here from the start, I really wanted this 
um, operation to be successful and being able to be a part of that has been a great learning opportunity for me. I've been able to work with communications within my community, within the school. I've been at several school board meetings, making sure that this thing is going to be successful, talking to advisors and students. Um, I've learned a lot of responsibility because if you sign up for that class, you have to know that you have to go out there and feed that cow because no one else is going to and it can't feed itself. Another thing that I'm looking forward to is I had the idea to make a website for the Creek Cattle Company that we can put on our school website and you can link on there and through the Creek Cattle website, everyone within the community can see that and people within the school, if we have an elementary school student who's interested, them and their parent can search up the Creek Cattle Company and they can learn different things and keep an insight on what's going on within the operation. So my question for you guys, because I know that it's taken a lot of fundraising and a lot of support from the community to help get this program going. Uh, what, what do your roles look like when it comes to fundraising on both sides as a student as well as a, as a teacher? You know, what are, you, what are your guys' roles for that? And what advice can you give to other chapters who are maybe wanting to start a program similar to yours? One thing that I would definitely push towards is don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I'm sure a lot of people on your school board or your superintendents and principals are always willing to talk to you about different ideas that you have. Don't be afraid if you see something that you aren't sure is going the right way or you want to add something, go talk to people. They are always going to be willing to uh, answer your questions or just be a listening ear. My sophomore year, as I mentioned, I went out and got different um, sponsorships obviously my junior year that kind of came to a halt because COVID at the end of the year but um, having presentations and being able to vocalize and act as a young adult because you're talking to different adults I want to be taken seriously just hold your head high because all in all you're trying to make a difference within your community a difference within your school and you want to be treated like a young adult so make sure that you just hold yourself accountable for what you're talking about on the advisor side um we we were the we really make the initial contacts to people that we think would be uh big supporters or have mentioned before we'd love to support you in any way shape or form um, we obviously are advising the and guiding the students through building that presentation and practicing it and making sure it's ready. But we, we are almost the liaison between the sponsors and the students because it should be, for those major sponsorships, it should be coming from the students. Um, adults don't want to hear other adults ask for money. Adults want to hear the kids ask for money and show the passion and the uh, interest in the program. So when when we first started, we, I, I helped them, guided them. They built the presentation and then, you know, I requested the bus and set up the times. And then we just kind of went around and spent a couple of days going through and talking to different uh, groups. But really I was just the person to, to reach out and, and make the initial contact. And, and that's what Mrs. Bradley and I will do uh, when the time comes again this semester. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be virtual presentations and not uh, in person, but, um, that that's really where we sit. Now, I know that we have advisors that listen to this podcast as well as members, and they're probably listening to this and, and 
saying, well, there's probably got to be somewhere where it was pretty difficult um, because I know that if I was going to start up this, this type of program, I would have difficulties. So what were some of the difficult things that you guys had to overcome and how did you overcome those uh, to get where you guys are right now? I would say some of the most difficult things would be um, not knowing some of the answers or the steps and procedures in getting a barn built, um, in receiving uh, quotes for uh, facilities, and, and what are the school's policies across the board and when you're doing projects. Because, you know, when we're talking fundraising for FFA, we're really talking small potatoes and, and expenses on the FFA side of things. But when you're talking about building a, a $50,000 or $60,000 facility, it, there's a whole new uh, set of rules that we have to follow. And, and as Delaney mentioned before, ask questions. Um, you know, we found, we learned things along the way, like, oh, that, that's not the way we have to do this. Okay, let me make a phone call and, and correct what we did. Um, here is the policy or here, here is the direction we have to go. And really it's just, not being afraid to ask for, ask for guidance. Um, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. So finding out the right way to do things and, and how to get your goals accomplished in a, in a timely manner. Well, we heard it here first by Mr. Dunn himself. You don't know what you don't know. So don't be afraid to, to ask for guidance and ask for those questions. But I'll tell you what, we're now to this part in our podcast where we ask questions that have absolutely no relevance to what we're talking about today. We're going to direct these towards Delaney and Cole. Um, these are just some random questions to get to know you guys just a hair better. And so our listeners can get to have a fun experience with you guys. Yeah. So with this, what you're going to do is you're basically just going to give your answer and then give your reason why. And we'll continue to move through them as a rapid fire questions. So first and foremost, this is a new year. We're going to start it off with asking, what is one of your New Year's resolutions and why did you make it? Ooh, uh, one of my New Year's resolutions, um, get uh, even more involved in FFA, uh, especially being coming, uh, upcoming president, you know, impact uh, more kids, like more with the positive impact. Like that's going to be my lead rule. I'm going to be a president. That's like, that's like my duty. Uh, give a kid a great experience, maybe, maybe be his role model. So he wants to be like you when he gets older in high school. One of my New Year's resolutions was to make sure that I don't take anything for granted anymore because when COVID-19 hit, I kind of I realized that a lot of things that I have aren't for certain. So making sure that I don't take anything for granted and I make sure that I live every day to the fullest is one of the things that I want to continue doing throughout my life, not just this year. You know, I tell you guys, my New Year's resolution was to uh, get back in shape. And so I went to the gym on January 1st, like a, like a typical uh, cliche New Year's resolution. And I haven't been back since. So I <laughs> see how that's been going for me. Uh, my next question here is, what is your favorite food? Uh, for me, it's definitely, definitely would be uh, cheeseburgers. I, I guess I've just been kind of on them for like a year and a half now. They're just like great. Like I could <laughs> go for lunch and dinner every day, go for cheeseburgers. <laughs> I'd have to say that my favorite food is spaghetti. I'm a really picky eater. So noodles are like plain and then I can just add some hamburger and sauce on there and it's perfect. It gives you some protein and carbs. Hey, from one picky eater to another Delaney, it's all right. All I eat is usually chicken. This and kid only eats chicken and broccoli. That's all he knows how to cook and all he knows to eat. So. 
<laughs> Can I tell a funny story real quick? Yeah, totally. Okay, so after was it after state parley? Yes. After state parley, Delaney's sophomore year, the kids wanted to go celebrate. You know, we made it to state for the first time in like 25 years at Indian Creek. And so they all wanted to go to uh, Hibachi. Uh, and so we went to, uh, I don't remember where we went, somewhere in, front, uh, in Greenwood and went to Hibachi. And Delaney's face the entire time we were there was the funny, I wish I would have taken a picture. <laughs> she was just disgusted at watching them cook the food and the smells of all the different foods oh being God. cooked. And then she didn't touch her plate the entire time. It was the funniest thing I've ever experienced. It might have been funny for you. <laughs> it almost sounds like you're the female version of Blaine over here because I could see him doing the exact same thing. Hey, it happens. <laughs> you got to let it go. All right. Anyway, we'll keep moving on. Thank you, Mr. Dunn, for the story. I'm glad we got to learn more about Delaney because and hibachi and how they don't mix. So for our next question, we're going to ask, what would be your spirit animal and why? Um, spirit animal, spirit animal. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe a bird, some sort of bird. No, that's uh, not, no, that's mine. What? Oh. I'm gonna be a parrot. Oh, I don't really have a specific bird, but they fly around. They're like really peaceful, like majestic animals, and they're just always in the air doing their thing. I don't, I don't know. They just look cool. If I could be a spirit animal, I would be a parrot, like a pretty tropical bird because they're pretty and they're vibrant and I just feel like my personality I'm pretty bubbly and I just look at a parrot and I think bubbly yeah well I uh, I can't disagree with that because every time I've seen you in person Delaney you always seem to have a, a smile on your face and, and it looks like you're jumping around having fun so I think that fits you pretty well uh, I think our last question here for rapid fire questions is going to be if you could have a superpower which one would you want and why Ooh, um, probably invisibility, not invincibility, invisibility. So then, like, you could do whatever you want, not, like, for bad purposes, but, I mean, I mean, you can take matters in your own hands for anything you want, and you can just play a really fun game of hide-and-go-seek tag with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cole keeps on taking my answers, so um, if I could have anything but invisibility – I'd probably say, probably, I don't know, being able to fly, that's why I'd be a bird, because I think flying would be awesome. So if I could fly, that'd be pretty cool, because I could, like, I'm pretty, I'm not very good at time management. I tend to be kind of a little bit late to things sometimes, so if I could just jump up and fly to wherever I need to go, <laughs> that'd be pretty ideal. Well, there you go. You heard it here. Uh, rapid fire questions. Uh, get to know Delaney and Cole from Indian Creek. Uh, let me ask you guys real quick. Uh, are you guys on social media? Yes. yes. Where can we find Creek Cattle Company on social media? Facebook and Instagram. All right. And what's your handle? Creek Cattle Co. Creek Cattle Co. There you go. If uh, any of you listeners are interested in Creek Cattle Company, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Creek Cattle Co. Alrighty. Now, thank you once again, Delaney, Mr. Dunn, Cole, and Mrs. Bradley for joining us. We really do appreciate your time today. Um, we're glad to have you on and glad to hear more about Creek Cattle Company and allow you guys to share your story with some of the members that will be listening here today. So thank you again, and we hope you have a great day. You too. Thank you for hosting us.
Well, thank you guys so much for coming here today and being able to speak with us about your program. We look forward to what you guys and your project have to offer in the future. Next up, we have some awesome people from Tri-County who are here to tell us about their community garden and what they're doing to impact not just their school, but also their entire community. So guys, go ahead, tell us a little about yourselves so we can get to know you better. Hello, my name is Tyler Kilmer from the Tri-County FFA chapter. I'm a senior this year and been part of the FFA organization since my seventh grade year. I've been working with different projects we've been doing since then. I'm Justin Kilmer and I'm a sophomore and I've also been in FFA since seventh grade and been helping out with this, so. Well, that's great to hear, guys. Um, coming from a home chapter, it is great to have you guys on again. But kind of just explain what exactly the project and program is with the garden and with your greenhouse and hydroponic system. So we have two big parts of our uh, program that we do at our school. We have our school garden, which we plant various different things that we grow tomatoes in there, cucumbers, watermelons, some various peppers in there. Those are the big ones we do there. And then we have our greenhouse, which different classes will be growing different things in it. Right now we have some corn being grown, some green beans, some small pepper plants. Uh, we have our hydroponics unit that we have out there. We generally grow lettuce out there and we've grown some other things in the past with that unit. What we grow in the garden, the aquaponics, it'll go towards our school lunches so that we can have uh, fresh lettuce and tomatoes and stuff like that for our lunches. Awesome. So how did this idea come about? Like, where did this start? Like, whose idea was it? You know, how, how did you guys decide that this is what you wanted to do? So the school garden has been around for a long time before I was a member even. And so that one, I'm not 100% sure how it got started. But I know that we've been continuing it every year that I've been at Tri-County. We've done the school garden and the produce we've made has gone towards something. Uh, the hydroponics unit, we did not get it till would have been four years ago about. Uh, we had a senior who was really interested in that and they decided that they were going to apply for a grant. And when we got the grant, we purchased the equipment for that and got it all set up. So that one was a member having an interest in something and uh, getting the funding that we could uh, put towards uh, having a unit that we wanted to do and supporting the interest of our FFA members. So that's how that one came about. Now, since you have such a diverse range of stuff that you can grow with the garden, with the hydroponic system, with the greenhouse. How exactly has it impacted um, the school and the community surrounding you guys? I think that it's like really helped them being able to, cause you know, some kids in our community don't get fresh greens like that. And they don't get the experience of being able to go out in a garden and grow that stuff for the hydroponic system. So I think it's really helped to open kids minds and to help them see how agriculture impacts their daily life. So, you, you know, it's helping the kids who are, who are involved with it want to learn uh, about the hydroponics or just about agriculture in general. Um, what, what kind of impact is this having directly on students who aren't, you know, involved with the growing the plants who may not be in FFA, those kids in your school who aren't directly involved with this project? So, a lot of what we produce in our greenhouse and out in the garden, we'll pick and the next day, the cooks at our school will prepare it and cut it up. We'll have it as toppings for our hamburgers or something like that. And it's just a step up from what we might normally get of some canned vegetables. It's something 
that we can have fresh and uh, the cooks are able to say this came from your guys' garden and you may know some of the people who put the work into this. And so it's, uh, it sort of means a little bit more to that lunch has a little bit more meaning that way. Now we know that a lot of schools have had a lot of um, changes coming with COVID and with everything that's happened surrounding the coronavirus, but how exactly has it impacted your guys's classroom as well as the program itself? I don't really know if it's had a super huge impact on it. I know that like we're not able to have as many people come out and walk on it just because we had to social distance and stuff like that. But we were still able to grow stuff out in the garden uh, this spring and summer. And we were still able to bring it in for them to use in the school lunches. I know we have stuff going in the aquaponics right now. So, All right. How much are you guys producing for the school in terms of, you know, are, are you – producing bushels and bushels of green beans or, you know, hundreds of heads of lettuce or what, what type of amount are you guys producing for your school? So uh, the main thing that we produce and probably the largest quantity would be in our actual garden, the tomatoes we do. Um, when we go out and harvest that, when we were doing that, we would come in with about a basket of tomatoes every other day, every week. And that'll generally last our school for a couple of days. We generally are able to provide the toppings for the sandwiches we make or some other things. We're able to provide the produce for that for about a week uh, each time we harvest. So it's not a gigantic quantity, but it's still something that we're able to do. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, uh, definitely going towards uh, good no matter what, you know, no matter how big or how small, it's obviously making a, a large impact for your school. So we're really happy to hear that. And we know that the, the people listening to this today um, know that Tri-County is, is making a difference in their school. Mm -hmm. Now for our listeners, just how big of a school is Tri-County? Like how many students attend Tri-County to kind of give our listeners an idea? So to give you an idea, my graduating class will have 53 students in it. So we're definitely not a big, cla big class or a big school at all. We're not considered a small class or even a large class. We're just an average one. So there's not hundreds of people going through the lunch line every day that we're trying to support. So we're able to get uh, every student some produce. Yeah, well, I can tell you what, my mom has, uh, my mom's got two kids and she definitely has a hard enough time trying to cook a large enough meal for, for just our, our families. So um, definitely being able to produce enough food to really make an impact on those students in your school is pretty neat. Uh, one question I do want to ask, because I think that 2020 itself has been a year where we've really had to innovate and have a lot of change and growth uh, at a personal level and for pretty much anything that we're doing. So in your guys' eyes, because you said that this program started before you were even in FFA, you know, how has it changed since you first got into it to where it's at now? So I know with the garden, when I first got here, uh, we were doing a lot of just like, I feel like tomatoes and peppers. And since I've been here, I think we've expanded to like now we're growing the zucchinis and uh, watermelon, different stuff like that. I know with the hydroponic system right now, there's classes out there that are making new things for it to help it expand and uh, do better. So I know that it's growing as more people come through it. That's good to hear. And as Lawrence said, this year has been a lot about innovation and creativity and finding ways around uh, obstacles that appear in our way. 
and a lot of other chapters are looking for new and innovative ways in their own communities and own schools to make a difference. So for any chapter who's looking towards starting a program similar or identical to yours, what advice would you give them in order to help them along that journey and kickstarting that program? Uh, one of the biggest things I'd say that is a struggle for some schools and getting motivated into starting a program like this would be funding for it. So I would talk to, if you're a student, talk to your advisors, talk to some teachers, your superintendent, see if you have the funding available. And if not, find a grant or a program that's willing to sponsor your program. That's how we were able to get our program started. It's through a grant that was provided through a, through a company. And so without that, we would not have the program we have today. So I guess one of the biggest things I would recommend is try to look around for those grants and those opportunities to start programs like that. I have another question to ask. As students, you're taking part in this within your coursework, um, within your curriculum, and you've obviously learned a lot. So what are some of those things that you may have learned throughout this process with the garden, with the FFA garden, with the hydroponic system, with the greenhouse? What have you learned? So me personally, it's really with uh, hydroponics. I didn't really know that much about it. And I think it's just kind of cool how you can, whether you're doing it vertical or just horizontal growing it, all the different things you can grow in the high hydroponics and how much quantity you can get out of it. And I think that's just one of the things for me, seeing the different like variety you can get out of it. Uh, so I would agree. Yeah. Learning about the new things that you can grow in those units is really, really interesting as well as uh, when I first started helping with these programs, I had not a lot of clue of when a watermelon or cucumber is considered ripe. And so getting to learn that stuff and then going home and, planning to garden myself and being able to apply that knowledge uh, in my life has been really interesting to me. Oh well, yeah, that's really neat. So uh, we sure do appreciate uh, your insight on what this is. And I know that probably all the other students involved are learning different things. And like you had mentioned that you are applying to your personal life and, and I'm sure that plenty of others are doing the same. So we're now to the segment of our podcast for rapid fire questions. Here is your first question. What is your favorite food? I like tacos a lot. My favorite food, I like a lot of Italian food, so anything in that realm. What's your spirit animal? Bird. Oh, spirit animal. I don't know, maybe like a wolf or something, something that's free, not held back. I like that, I like that. Now that we know your favorite food, what's the worst meal that you've ever had? I'm gonna go with one time we had this lemon chicken and it wasn't very good. Um, now be careful here. I bet your mother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's all going to see this. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't quite know if there's a least favorite meal. I guess I'd have to go with like those meals where it, it's like only a salad. There's no form of a meat or protein. I feel like in it, I feel like those types of meals are lacking. Agreed. If you could have any superpower, what superpower would you, would it be and why? Gotta go with super speed. Because I'm like, I don't have to like drive or anything. I can just get around everywhere super quick and do great in sports. I mean, heck yeah. I'd want to, to an extent, not complete control over it, but to an extent, be able to like know what's going to happen, like sort of like know the future. That's pretty funny. I've, I don't think I've heard that one. Um, being able to tell the future, that's not, not a very common answer for that type of question. But hey, I just wanted to thank you guys again for coming on today and talking about what your chapter is doing uh, to impact your school and your community. It's really awesome seeing everything you guys are doing. 
and look forward to what you guys continue to do in the future. This has been your monthly edition of Corduroy Connect. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Corduroy Connect. Join us next month as we continue to share the stories of the leaders shaping our future. This has been your co-host, Lauren Matlock and Blaine Vandeveer. Indian FA, stay golden.